Hey guys, I'm Emily and welcome to the Made For More podcast. I made this podcast as a way to find encouragement for your soul. As I walk through life as a stay-at-home mom, I encounter insight and wisdom from God that I feel called to share with others. Through my own life stories, sermons listened to, books I've read, the Bible, and other amazing resources, I'll be sharing encouraging and uplifting messages with you. If you're looking to renew your mind, transform your life, and perspective, this podcast is a place to start. I lean my head back against the headboard and let out a big sigh of relief. (sighs) It's a Tuesday, which means it's the last night of my husband's work week. Managing two kiddos and all the things around the house is a full-time job with no pay or vacation. Don't get me wrong, I'm beyond grateful for my life, but it sure can be overwhelming. After having been sick for a week already with two sick kids, all the household chores have built up worse than normal. Today was a new day, and I tried my best to keep the house clean, not yell, and give grace. Let's just say it was more successful than yesterday. Therefore, it's been declared a success. There's so many seasons in life, all of them filled with lessons to be learned. To be honest, I thought motherhood, marriage, and adulthood would be different than it is. I had this expectation that getting married and having kids would bring all the joy and success that I desired. It was a milestone in life I'd always dreamed about and longed for, but here I am, seven and a half years in marriage, two kids, two cats, and a house with the most beautiful backyard I'd ever seen, and learning lessons I didn't know I needed. Do you ever feel stuck inside of a loop? That's what seasons of learning feel like to me. I repeat behaviors, thought patterns, routines, and what seems mundane day after day. Wake up, quiet time, feed kids, feed self, dishes, sweep, more feeds, more sweeps, more dishes, laundry, putting toys away. It's pretty much a full-time job to make sure that my kids don't injure themselves too. I'd love to be more relaxed and at ease, but to be honest, I can't be. I'm the protector, I'm the provider. If anything were to happen to them, that's on me. So, no, you may not climb up on my countertops. Enough of telling you about the day-to-day. What I want to get at is a lesson God's been trying to teach me in this season. Having been a believer in Jesus since I was a little girl who grew up in and out of church, I know that the most important rule is to love God and love others. I always sort of saw it as a duty. I always thought love was more of a feeling. I still find myself getting frustrated when I lose my temper, get offended easily, and have the urge to hold a grudge when I'm wronged. How am I supposed to love when I feel like I don't? Well, we love because he first loved us. One day that thought popped into my head. That's how. By meditating on the fact that God loved me first, I'm able to love others. Love can't be forced and it can't be a feeling. Love has to be a decision, despite the feelings. After struggling with these questions, I brought them to God. Okay, God, so now that I feel like I know what love is supposed to be, how do I do it? Love is a fruit of the Spirit. Love isn't possible without God's Spirit living in me and bearing fruit. 
God loved us first. Therefore, we can love. And how did God show his love? By sending his son. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son Jesus to die on a cross so that those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everything God has done from the beginning of the scriptures to the end was all because of his love for us. Let everything that you do be done in love. So what's my point? I realize that I've been striving to do all kinds of things that God never even asked me to do. I strive to keep the house clean. I strive to stay on top of laundry. I strive to never lose my temper. I strive to always have quiet time. You get where this is going. But one day it just hit me like a ton of bricks. You're focusing on things that don't even matter. Ouch. But true. Will my children know that I love them because there was no crumbs on the floor? Will my husband know I love him because I get snappy because I need to get the laundry done? Will people feel loved by me if I'm just thinking about what I need to be doing? There's always going to be dirty laundry and crumbs on the floor or dishes in the sink. They're like house chores are like weeds. Like you do some, more comes up. But there won't always be my sweet babies here at home with me every moment of the day. What I really struggle with is being present. I've seen this phrase, be here now on stickers, bracelets, and I realize I'm not the only one who struggles with focus. My mind easily drifts towards something I could be doing, what's new and exciting, or something else that I'm striving towards. I desire to be content and at peace with no worries in the world. So what is the deal? Something God showed me was an obvious answer, gratitude. Of course, when you take the time to give thanks for all that you have, it feels a little selfish to say that you want more. The moments I spend journaling all the things I'm grateful for, I feel at such peace. The problem is the moment I see that someone else has something or an ad pop up online or TV. We're bombarded with ads targeted directly at us. Shiny or comfy, you got me. Anyone else a legging or drinking vessel fanatic? guilty as charged how many water bottles does someone really need we see it we want it we buy it it's a thrill for about five minutes to a few weeks and then it's the next thing we want something exciting and a little bit of motivation mixed you've got yourself a new habit i go through so many ups and downs with my fitness or diet i find new hobbies and activities and go all in in the beginning i've lacked the stick with itness for quite some time something doesn't make me happy then it must not be meant to be right that couldn't be further from the truth what happens is I begin relying on my own strength and abilities and go at it with everything I have in me until I burn out I reach the end of my strength and lose all willpower the motivation is down the energy levels are down and I wonder if God is in it with me you could say I overanalyze I can be quite dramatic and end up questioning what God really wants me to do And that, my friends, is where the mistake is found. I found myself in these cycles way too often. Whenever we begin thinking that we need to be doing something, I chose the word rest for the year of 2023. I chose it because I seem to struggle with restlessness. I like to be learning, growing, making, creating a lot of ings, but resting is not one of them. 
Sure, I can physically rest, but my mind wants to rattle off all the things on my to-do list, remind me of laundry, and bring to my attention all the crumbs on the floor. I noticed that even in my exercising, I would obsess over closing the green ring every day on my calendar. If I took a day off of physical activity, I'd experience a sense of guilt. After recognizing my inability to rest was not a healthy habit, I decided I would incorporate more rest into my life. It just ended up being a lot harder than I thought it would. When someone says that they're going to rest more, the last thing you can imagine them doing is starting a podcast and a small business while juggling two kids. My daughter was born at the end of August 2022. The bright idea of creating a podcast came in February 2023. At the time, my daughter was taking a lot of naps, so I had a lot of downtime. I was sitting through her contact naps. Of course, being glued to the couch for one and a half hours sounds nice until it's happening three or more times a day every day. I enjoyed staring at my sleeping angel, capturing pictures of sleeping smiles, and getting all the snuggles I could get in. I'd read books while my toddler had quiet time, listen to podcasts, or watch movies with my son. I was at the point I was reading a book in a day. I've become really good at procrastinating on that call to write that God gave me. Technically, I had asked God if I could go on a vacation mode and take a break. God kept nudging me to begin my writing again, and I will share one of those crazy stories of how he woke me up out of that slumber soon. But here we are in now November of 2023, and I found myself avoiding my writing, avoiding the podcast, and starting a bracelet company, a bracelet business called Words That Shine by M. I heard a profound statement by an author who had written a 36-page book and self-published it years ago. He said that condensing the message is more impactful. I hit the ground running with that one. I had the idea that I could condense what God wanted me to write into one word and just put it on a bracelet. Okay. Okay, that sounds worse than it is. The point was that I knew I was meant to write to encourage others, and I was looking for the easiest route possible. Hey, it's human nature to want to choose what's comfortable, isn't it? Well, juggling the household chores, a baby, a wild toddler, a podcast, a small group, my own sanity, and now a bracelet business, I had put way too much on my plate. I couldn't possibly do my best in all of these projects, and it was time to narrow my focus. I know that I'm not the only one that experiences hanger, but what do you call that grouchiness that happens when you're being pulled in way too many directions? We'll come back to that and give it a name, but it, I was. I noticed I was not only trying to teach my toddler how to navigate his emotions, but that I needed a few lessons myself. After journaling one night how I was so tired twice, I recognized I just needed to go to bed. I wasn't going to be productive trying to write at the end of a 14-hour day. My eyes were rolling and the exhaustion fog had kicked in. I wanted so desperately to be obedient and write. After all, I had made the promise to myself that I would. So I told God that I was sorry, I asked for forgiveness, and I vowed to write in the morning the next day instead and asked Him for the strength. I went to bed that night and I slept amazing. The alarm went off. And I didn't feel much better. I thought to myself, well, you should have wrote last night because now is no better. It was 4.45 a.m. and I always get up early to have my quiet time. Read devotions, journal, pray, scripture, all before the kids are even up. I felt guilty that I would cut into that time to work on writing now. I found myself just criticizing myself and feeling frustrated. I made my vanilla chai tea and started my devotions. 
I prayed that God would help me. I felt at the end of my rope when it comes to energy. Yet time and time again, I hear, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. From Matthew eleven twenty eight. I quickly opened up the messaging app a small group I'm part of uses, and someone shared a video titled, If You're Feeling Tired. I knew it was meant for me. I'm not the best at sitting still. I love to clean, organize, reorganize, rearrange, drives my husband crazy, and refine the tangible world around me. This word rest is one I have been spending a lot of time reflecting on. Trying to be all that I think God has called me to be is exhausting. It is really difficult being self-disciplined and patient. I've found that there's a lot of tension in the becoming more like Christ. I want to be more at peace, yet I find myself anxious about not being at peace enough. Something God helped me realize was that I was getting caught up in the trying instead of trusting. The story of Mary and Martha paints the perfect picture. See, read Luke 10. The sisters had Jesus in their home. Martha was attending to all of the things that needed to be done. I'm sure she wanted to make sure it was nice and tidy for Jesus, am I right? Meanwhile, Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening to him. I can see how Martha's feeling resentful of Mary just sitting while she's doing all the hard work. Yet when she asked Jesus if he even cared that she was left to do all the work by herself, Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That was Luke 10, 41 through 42. Mary had chosen to sit at Jesus's feet and listen. Martha was busy in serving. Well, wait, aren't we supposed to serve, especially Jesus? This story tells us that sometimes we can be busy doing things that may seem good, but sometimes we have to have the wisdom to say no to good and yes to what is best. Being a good host and serving were good things, but resting in God's presence was better. Jesus chose solitude and getting away into the quiet presence of God many times. Before he chose the 12 disciples, he prayed alone for a night. He wasn't creating charts and graphs or holding interviews. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he spent 40 days alone in the wilderness with the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the creation story in Genesis, God rested after all the work was done. In all of God's creating, there was evening and then morning. That is totally backwards from how we start our day. Starting a day with evening when most people are resting seems odd. When God finishes his creation, he says that it is good. God is the beginning and the end. He has an eternal perspective. He declared his creation good. That means that before you and I were even a thought or even did anything, he declared it all good. It's so easy to get caught up in the doing, but we are human beings, not human doings. Confusing what I do with who I am is something I'd struggle with for years. What we tend to start focusing on is what we are going to do for God. God doesn't need us to do anything. The victory has already been won. That doesn't take away our purpose and the path predestined for us. Read Romans 8.29. We just have to learn how to navigate the tension between resting in our identity in Christ and working from that instead of for it. We don't have to earn what God has freely given us. God wants to see us grow and flourish as we become like Jesus. Think of when a parent asks a child to help them fold some laundry. They're not asking them to help because they need their help, but to spend time with them and teach them. 
The goal of reading our Bible is not so we can check off the task off our to-do list. The goal is to be in God's presence, letting his word and truth saturate our spirit. We can't let our identity be found in what we do, but in whose we are. When the goal isn't to do, but to be, you can't fail. Whenever someone goes to the emergency room and the doctor, he doesn't yell out, stop, I need you to bandage that up, stop your bleeding, figure your stuff out first, and then you can come back and I'll see you. That would not be an office I'd return to. When someone has a wound that needs to be healed, they go to the doctor to be helped. It's something they can't fix on their own. God knows every part of who we are. He's the only one who can fix what we can't on our own. He knows our past and even our future. We're fearlessly and wonderfully made. We're his children, co-heirs with Jesus. He doesn't ask us to fix ourselves up. He sent Jesus to do what we couldn't do. His presence is where we can find healing and rest for our weary souls. We can pour out our hearts to God just like we would a best friend. He's strong and big enough to hear exactly what we feel and have to say. After all, he created the entire universe. I think he can handle it. We can hesitate and want to cover our wounds, or we can open up to the one who wants to mend our hurting places. Bring all of yourself and tell him all of your troubles. That peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. See Philippians 4, 6-7. through We can give ourselves grace as we navigate the tension of in-between. In-between of becoming more like Christ and dying to our old ways. He might even help you get rid of that tanger. I gave it a name. What do you think? However, he will definitely give you rest. If you made it to this point, I want to say thanks for listening to this episode. Sometimes it's so hard to choose what is right in a culture that has many definitions of what is right and true. I want to spread the word and feel passionate about sharing truth with others. If you are passionate about helping others learn about what life in Christ is like, then I encourage you to share this message with a friend, post it on your social media, or just talk about it. I would love to have others walk alongside me in helping others become the light of the world. Feel free to reach out to me by email at emily.90.w at gmail.com or you can add me on Instagram at shewhocreatesforhim and you can support this podcast by leaving feedback and ratings. Thank you for being a part of this journey of spreading the word. Bye for now.